millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Greetings and salutations, loyal viewers of this channel. My name is Captain Sean, and today I want you to get aboard my vessel as we set sail down the Atlantic to our nation's capital, which is, of course, Washington, D.C. And the reason we want to talk about Washington, D.C. is because the Democrats in that area, just a few months after they tried to roll back some criminal justice policies, have realized the error of their ways, and they're actually trying to put in emergency powers in order to deal with the uptick in crime that they experienced this year, and particularly the violence that kind of exploded over the 4th of July weekend. Now, on this channel, we talked about holiday weekends in these major urban centers multiple different times. That is not the subject of today's video. I have plenty on that, what is going on there, and all that jazz. What I want to talk about specifically is DC actually fighting back against it and whether or not, and by the way, the answer is yes, definitely, there is a crime spike in Washington, DC by the numbers. But before we get into that, I want to thank everybody who signed up over on actualjusticewarrior.com slash join. Give me the money. Give you, give me the money. Okay. And I want to thank my podcast listeners on Apple, Spotify, and Google's podcasting platform. Today, DC leaders say they are just days away from passing new laws aimed at slowing down this violence by one, identifying new crimes, and also allowing judges to keep repeat offenders behind bars while they await trial. Delia Gonzalez is in Northeast tonight, and she talked to critics of this crime bill. So when I first looked up this local news segment and they said that they wanted to talk to critics of the bill, I honestly was expecting the worst. I legitimately was expecting them to interview these woke left-wing activists who have no connection to reality, who are going to say, oh no, you definitely can't have any restrictions, crime's not a big deal, just look at the 1990s, crime is not as bad as the absolute worst time in American history, therefore we should ignore the modern uptick that we're seeing post the 2020 George Floyd riots. That being said, the criticisms from the activists that they actually talk about are so relevant, so good, that I just have to play this woman for you because I'm right there with her. We are in a state of emergency right now. According to D.C. police, a 33% increase in crime and 129 lives lost seven months into the year. Now, crime bills introduced by Councilmember Brooke Pinto are poised to pass an emergency legislation. But critics say it only became an emergency when it impacted those west of the river. This violence at first was just contained in two areas, Ward 8 and Ward 7. Now there's a trickle-down effect. 
you know, now it's spilling over in other wards. Then it becomes an issue. We've been dying for years. So I've discussed this on this channel before. And by the way, you can look at the Comstat data for any major municipality. And for the most part, what you're going to find out is crime is often concentrated in certain areas. By the way, this is one of the reasons why we'll see disparities in tickets when the police are sent in to deal with higher rates of murder or assault or whatever in those specific areas. However, what this woman pointed out is that the crime has kind of spread, at least it did so after 4th of July, and this has caused other people who are not typically used to it to start pounding on the door of Mayor Bowser and thus pushing her to actually advocate for criminal justice legislation. And I know I just did a video on David Dole referring to lead, but there was one specific point in that video that I really want to highlight because it kind of underscores this attitude. But how do you, like, why would somebody shoplift unless they need some shit? <laughs> like, that's, and look, I, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are, you know, I don't know, some teens who do it for fun, uh, of course. But just generally, people in desperate situations need to survive. When they're in those situations, they do more desperate things. So right there, that is Dole showing a complete and utter disconnection from the motives or what would drive somebody to criminality. He can't imagine somebody stealing from a store unless they're in Aladdin-like distress at the beginning of the movie. And the thing is, this is so absurd to anybody who's, you know, grown up around criminal types like I have or actually stolen things like I definitely didn't ever in my entire life. And I think in terms of policy, what you often have is the dull types who have never actually experienced crime, don't understand the motivations, don't understand what makes somebody turn to criminality, making policy for people like this woman who live in the neighborhoods and are impacted by this. And when he's expressing overwhelming sympathy for the criminal, that is reflected in the policy, which negatively impacts her. Then when the crime spills out of the neighborhoods like the one that this woman is saying that she lives in into David Dole's type of neighborhood all of a sudden it's a crisis and we gotta pass legislation once they start robbing the frozen yogurt shop that charges $14 for granola on top of some crappy frozen yogurt then our hipster trendy guy over here that's when he's had enough that's when it hits close enough to home for him to care about it now look it would be one thing if the crime had just spilled out into this area but it wasn't actually actually up across the District of Columbia, but to be clear, that is definitely not the case. When you dive into the D.C. Metro Police Department's crime data, what you find out is that crime is up in almost every category, and of course, the few categories that it's down happen to be those economic crime categories that supposedly are committed out of desperation, because it's almost as if not following the rules of society, violating the social trust, breaking the social contract the way that criminals do, doesn't actually track around with Aladdin-like desperation, but we need to get into the problem so we could see how big it is in order to respond to it. So these are the year-to-date numbers that compare July 11th of 2022 
to 2023 of that same date. And as you can see, homicides up 17% from 110 to 129 in 2023. Sexual abuse, 63 versus 84 in 2023, which is a 30% increase. Now I will also point out that victimization surveys at the end of the year, these are just reporting data, will actually show way more sexual offenses than you'll see, because that's how that tends to work. Then we have assault with a dangerous weapon, which is up 5%. We also have robbery, again, year over year, up 52%. Violent crime overall is up 33%. Burglary is down 7%. Motor vehicle theft up 118%. This might have to do with that Kia glitch and that phenomenon. We have theft from auto, which is breaking into your vehicle, which is the same as last year. Theft overall up 25%. Arson, which is, you know, small numbers, so no need to even talk about it. But overall, property crime is up 29%, and all crime is also up 29%. Now, by the way, I'm going to link this whole crime source data in the description of this video, and I think it's important to understand that part of the reason why they were probably paring back some of the restrictions in the start of this year was that the 2022 crime numbers overall showed a 4% decrease from the 2021 numbers. Now, of course, we talk about this all the time on this channel, that that 4% decrease was a decrease decrease after a dramatic increase so overall since 2020 crime is significantly up in the district of columbia ward 8 advisory neighborhood commissioner robbie woodland it's a gumbo of dysfunction at this point but i'm proud of the both of them our mayor and uh, miss pinto because these are things that we've been fighting for but regardless of that whenever we have a sudden uptick in crime whenever we have a spike i like to look for some kind of change that might explain it now based on my experience in the city of new york i would look at bail reform as a potential culprit but the thing is the district of columbia actually had a version of bail reform that dates all the way back to the 1990s now it's not as broad and or as stupid as the bail reform that was instituted in new york state at the statewide level in order for andrew cuomo to secure his potential 2020 presidential run that never ended up materializing but they did have that law already and we saw crime decreases post the implementation of that law however that's not really the whole story there's two key factors that i think explain what is going on in terms of washington dc and the first of course is at the prosecutorial level now i don't think that they have one of these alvin bragg type district attorneys that gets funded through a bunch of different groups that ultimately end up receiving funding from george soros that get backed by sean king and his real justice pact by the way again just look at the district attorneys on those websites go over to see if you have one and vote against them each and every year because they're disastrous, but their district attorney is actually downgrading charges at an alarming rate. So one of the things that I find incredibly interesting is that the U.S. attorney that is in charge of the District of Columbia, and the reason they have this setup is because they're a federal territory. I'm sure you guys are all aware of the intricacies of Washington, D.C., but needless to say, it's an appointed position, does not prosecute cases at an alarming rate compared to the past history of the district. So if you're arrested by the D.C. Metro Police and put up for charges, the chances that you will actually be prosecuted in D.C. Superior Court 
are about one in three. 67% of the charges of the cases are not being prosecuted by the U.S. attorney that oversees that area. Now, look, it's just the fact that some cases are not ready for prime time. Some cases are referred to a district attorney, and the district attorney is not able to pursue them. However, this is a giant increase from the 2015 numbers, as reported by the Washington Post and as from the Substack, DC crime facts because it used to be in 2015 they would only not prosecute 35% of the cases so they used to prosecute two-thirds now they're prosecuting one-third of cases and the reason why this is really interesting is because homicides are up in DC and it turns out the average number of time somebody who commits a homicide was arrested before committing that homicide is about 11 times so they're not prosecuting two-thirds of these cases potentially they could have put a huge portion of these soon-to-be murderers behind bars because as we know repeat and escalating offenders are a thing however they're not doing that at an alarming clip and this might explain some of the homicide increase, some of the crime increase that we're seeing in the district. Now, Matthew M. Graves, who is the Biden-appointed attorney for the district, said his office is continuing to prosecute the vast majority of violent felonies. He said prosecutors were declining less serious cases for a myriad of reasons, including that the city's crime lab remained unaccredited and police body camera footage was subjecting arrests to more scrutiny. Now, the chief of the MPD has essentially responded to this by saying that's bs his department is not holding the bag on this one the u.s attorney appointed by biden is the one making these poor decisions and we should react accordingly to those poor decisions and i'm tempted to agree with him although i do think if you have an unaccredited forensic lab you need to do something to fix that this is the nation's capital you can get that up to snuff you also have the fbi nearby i would assume that they have a crime lab that could be utilized for the district of columbia which seems like it would be a no-brainer kind of solution. But regardless, we need context to understand what a 67% declination rate is, because that is actually incredibly high when you think about other places in the country. For example, Wayne County, Michigan, which includes Detroit, the prosecutor's office only reported declining 33% of its cases last year. Now, this is the same number of cases that D.C. used to decline, and again, Wayne County, Detroit, not exactly Republican strongholds, and yet they have not declined or started to decline two-thirds of cases. Then we have Philadelphia. Prosecutors in Philadelphia only declined 4% of cases in the same time period, and in Cook County, which covers Chicago, it's only 14% of cases. Now, we need to put an asterisk on both Philadelphia and Cook County because I am well aware, and I've talked about this in the past, of some of the other tricks that Kimberly Fox and that Larry Krasner are both utilizing to decline cases without officially declining them. And this is the severe downgrading of charges. But needless to say, 67% of the time, cases being brought to D.C. Superior Court are just declined by the U.S. Attorney's Office, which is kind of obnoxious because this isn't even elected a position. It's an appointed position. So you would think that the same political pressures that impact these other district attorneys would not apply here. Now, Graves claims that the declinations come mostly after arrests in cases such as gun possession, drug possession, and misdemeanors, not in violent crimes. He said his office actually prosecuted 87.9% of the arrests made in homicides, 
armed carjackings, assaults with intent to kill, and first-degree sexual assault cases. Now, the Post believes that it's actually 85.7%, not 87.9%, but even that is down from 95.6% of those prosecuted cases in 2018. But more importantly than the numbers put forward, whether it's 85 or 87% now, is the details, because the devil is always in the details, especially when you're dealing with these slippery district attorneys. Because one of the things that I notice and you should really harp on in that quote is the very limited cases that he said they're prosecuting at such a high rate and what all of that leaves out. So first of all, illegal gun possession should be prosecuted. Chances are, if you have an illegal gun, you probably intend to use that in another crime. So the fact that that's off the board makes no sense. But what he said his office does prosecute are the arrests made in homicides. That's a no-brainer. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com
violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. In armed carjackings, which is very, very specific, meaning that they're not really prosecuting unarmed carjackings, assault with the intent to kill, again, leaving out regular assaults, regular batteries, very crucial information, and first-degree sexual assault cases, which, of course, because he's emphasizing first-degree sexual assault, leads me to believe that they're not prosecuting other sexual assault cases. And by the way, I'm not speaking hypothetically or theoretically or metaphorically when it comes to these quotes. There's actually a lot of substance to back up what I just told you about the narrow classification of these categories. I was watching a Young Turks video, a Young Turks video of all places, and Anna Kasparian brought up an absolutely devastating point on how the District of Columbia is classifying crimes. A lot of the misdemeanors shouldn't be misdemeanors. So now yeah, the, they're violent crimes because like, they're violent like crimes. strangulation. Exactly. Strangulation is a, is a violent act. You're putting your hands on someone. You're putting your hands around someone's neck like you're I look. That's what they did in California. Right. So when there was a ballot initiative in order to, you know, make some or push for reforms in regard to nonviolent crimes, I voted in favor of that. But then they decided to reclassify all sorts of violent crimes, including human trafficking, including strangulation and domestic violence as nonviolent crimes. Yeah, it makes no sense. Insane. Think about what Anna just said there. The District of Columbia is classifying strangulations of all things as nonviolent misdemeanors. Remember what this guy said about how they prosecute assault with intent to kill? Call me crazy, call me a conspiracy theorist, but if somebody wraps their hands around your neck and they're trying to choke you to death, that would be an assault with an intent to kill. But it's not even counted as a felony, and it's not even counted as a violent misdemeanor. And by the way, the implication of this lax enforcement, the implication of this clear and obvious category error, is that if you're arrested for strangulation in the District of Columbia... Under the bail law system, because they made this change without changing the law, you will not be subject to being held. So if you wrap your hands around somebody's neck, you're not violent and you have not committed a felony in the District of Columbia and you move from this 85.7% of violent felonies being prosecuted to the two-thirds of all cases that are probably not prosecuted at all. And remember what I said about homicides, 11 arrests on average before that person actually commits the homicide. You think an indicator that maybe you would kill somebody in the future is trying to strangle somebody in the present? You think that past behavior might predict a future outcome that you want to address? Well, DC doesn't, and they try to play around with the numbers in order to obfuscate the fact that obviously this is a terrible mistake. And by the way, it's not just that. For some reason in the District of Columbia, taking out a firearm and just firing it in the district is something that's not going to get prosecuted. It's not going to get charged seriously, and you won't even be held for that. And remember, the district attorney says they're not prosecuting gun possession. So if you have gun possession, and then you're firing that weapon in the District of Columbia, 
you're not being charged for either of those. Do you think having an illegal gun and then firing that illegal gun in the District of Columbia would be something that potentially would indicate that you might shoot somebody in the future in the District of Columbia? The series of crime bills would make discharging a gun a felony, gives judges the ability to detain people accused of violent crimes while they await trial, okays police pursuits to protect public safety. And making sure that if somebody is uh, has an ankle monitor, for example, and is out on pretrial, that if they go out and commit another crime, that that location information is admissible in court. Now, the D.C. bill, which passed 12 to 1, thankfully, as of the time of me recording this video, it has not yet been signed, seeks to address some of the problems with the pretrial release, with the uptick in youth offenders, and with the misclassification of serious crimes that definitely should be prosecuted to the level of their seriousness. Now, Councilmember Brooke Pinto, who sponsored the changes, told the council that 30 of the suspects or victims of murders in D.C. last year were out of jail awaiting trial, which is one of the reasons why they want to expand the ability to hold these people pre-trial, because it's not just the killers that are being re-arrested, but a lot of the victims end up getting murdered or something horrible happens to them based on the fact that you're not holding them because when they're committing violent crimes, they're often in violent circles, so the chances of them being victimized are also incredibly high. If you have a propensity to re-offend, I think judge Judges should be able to have judgment. It's kind of in the name and assess these people and hold them. So you just want to give it to the judgment of the judges. And it doesn't. Yes, I would like the judges to have judgment. Yes. Now, in the last fiscal year of D.C., almost 2000 adults were charged with a felony. Of them, 701 were released prior to trial, and 374 more were released at some point later. The agency in charge of this couldn't actually say how many of those released were accused of violent crimes, but it did claim that almost none of them were charged with new crimes before their trial. Now, I find this proposition from this agency incredibly dubious that they somehow don't know how many of these people were charged with violent felonies versus how many of them are actually being rearrested awaiting trial, especially what we know about homicides and about repeat offenders in the District of Columbia. So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. But again, this law in particular seeks to address that by reclassifying some of the crimes that were outside that category that the U.S. attorney is referring to into their proper category. And among those crimes that they're trying to increase the punishments for are firing a gun in public, as we mentioned, strangulation, and carjacking. Again, all of these things are either up or they're completely misclassified as nonviolent crimes, so they're in the category of not being prosecuted. Now, there's a great quote from council member chair Phil Mendelson, who said, quote, you can get away with murder in this city in response to the dramatic increases in crime, which is hilarious because when he was advocating for reducing penalties in just March of this year, he suggested that the perception of high crime was just overshadowing the reality on on the ground. Now, there's one other thing that they actually address in this, which is the fact that D.C. instituted one of these ridiculous and absurd no-pursuit policies. Now, obviously, if it's a matter of policy that you're not going to pursue criminals that are on the run, 
you're going to get more criminals on the run. I understand that they thought at the time that maybe it was less dangerous to pursue them because they could get into an accident or whatever. But the thing is, the sheer volume of people more that run that would not have ran before clearly and obviously in my mind would offset the danger of any individual pursuit. Now, a lot of the stuff in the DC bill is just no brainer kind of things, but there are other things that you might not think about that I actually think are also good policy because we have a lot of these diversion programs that are in vogue as of late that seek to not prosecute specifically for youthful offenders, divert them to some kind of counseling or whatever. But one of the problems that we often find with rehabilitation data or rehabilitation program data is the fact that it actually doesn't exist. These programs sound good. They get some news attention. They get federal funding based on that news attention, but nobody ever really follows up to see if they work. Well, one of the things that this allocates funding for is to actually determine whether or not these rehabilitation programs, these diversion programs, are actually doing anything positive. This is absolutely crucial information because while I think just going soft on youthful offenders is not good policy, I am in favor of trying different interventions in order to divert these people without necessarily putting them behind bars. But the thing is, I'm all about data-driven policing, data-driven law enforcement. So if you have a program that sounds pretty good on its surface, but nobody's looking into whether or not it works, and we find out it's completely backfiring, then you're not really doing anything productive. You're just wasting money on a program to make you feel better as crime rates are going up. Now, while this bill is going in the right direction, it seems to be addressing the actual problems, the actual changes that made the District of Columbia worse. There is one major problem that they are not addressing in this bill, and it does not seem like it's any closer to being solved, despite the fact that they are spending more money on it. And that, of course, is the declining law enforcement population. They just lost too many law enforcement officers post the George Floyd Black Lives Matter riots, and they have not been good at replacing them. Before the riots, we had about 3,800 officers in the Metro Police Department for the District of Columbia. That is down, depending on which numbers you look at, to around 3,300 or 3,200, a loss of around 450 officers, well over 10% of the force. If you lose over 10% of your police force, the chances of you actually catching these criminals or deterring these criminals is just not going to be as high. And as we've seen in Los Angeles, and of course, we see it in the District of Columbia, in order to replace the recruitment shortfalls, what they're trying to do is get these guys to work more overtime. And in reality, when you're working overtime, you get diminishing returns. You're less productive. So the chances of a police encounter going bad with elevated crime, more stress and more tired officers go up exponentially. So we're one little incident away from this all being rolled back due to a police officer making a critical error or even doing something improper based on the circumstances that have been put forward based on the fact that they have an officer shortage. Now, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The officers that are retiring are often the most seasoned investigators, your skilled positions, people that you can't replace so easily. So the fact that they're retiring disproportionately at once means even if you were supplementing with new recruits, they just won't have the talent level that was previously there. However, even with them offering $25,000 bonuses, raising the salary, doubling for one year the budget they're spending on recruitment, they're still hitting about a third of their target that they're looking for each and every 
every recruiting class, which again means that they're losing far more officers than they're actually replacing them with. So even if they did a one-to-one replacement, we would have rookie, less talented officers replacing those that are veterans and very talented that are leaving, but they're not even managing that. Now, they say they want to get to a certain number of officers. I believe it's 4,000 by the decades end as a recruiting goal, but the thing is, I can't actually tell you right now whether or not that's the appropriate amount of officers. When we talked about the city of New Orleans, we actually had a data set that said that they dropped from 1,200 officers to 900 officers, and they need a minimum of 1,100 officers in order to effectively deter crime. I have not found the equivalent data for what is estimated by the experts to be needed by the District of Columbia, but needless to say, based on the increase in crime from 2020 and based on all these other factors, it's probably higher than where they were. And considering crime was significantly lower when they were closer to 3,800, I don't think 4,000 officers is outside the realm of possibility for what they might need in order to control crime. But Woodland says the real flaw in the crime bill, not fixing the system to monitor repeat offenders, including making sure those ankle monitors have batteries. Oh, it's greatly contributing to our crime problem. The majority of the kids that's committing crimes right now have already been CFSA involved. They are already committed through CSOSA, and the majority of them already have ankle monitors, and none of them are working. Now, look, while I am optimistic about this bill, I'm optimistic about the shifting in attitude. The fact of the matter is that Bill not addressing the ankle monitor situation when they put these young people through these diversionary programs and a bunch of these don't even have batteries. They're not using the GPS data to track them. They're not using it to even convict them or charge them with other crimes when they violate the conditions of their probation or parole doesn't seem like it's a good fix, but it's a step in the right direction. And we have to give credit to people for moving closer towards our position. And it seems like these Democrats, these are the same people who planted Black Lives Matter in big, bold letters on the streets of D.C., are moving in that direction. They're responding to political pressure, and hopefully they turn this around. I don't want to go back to the 1990s. I fear we're on that trajectory, and a lot of places in this country, including Philadelphia, recently I heard Kansas City, Minneapolis, are already at 1990s levels, peak homicide levels, which to me is a disgusting repudiation of what we know works historically, and a complete and utter failure of the system that we're currently under. But make no mistake about it, D.C. is trying to make some kind of change in order to fight back against it. But the basics, like monitoring the people that you have ankle monitors on, need to also be included. The mayor and police chief saying the crime bill will slow down our surge in violent crime, pushing back on reports that the council chairman said, quote, you can get away with murder in D.C. because police are not solving enough homicides. You can't get away with murder here. We will catch you. In 2022, only 35% of homicides were closed via arrest that same year. Now, look, those are my thoughts on this issue. Those are my thoughts on this subject matter. But as always, I want to know what you guys think. Leave a comment in the comment thing, and I promise I will read every single one of them, at least to the point where I get sick of reading them and I want to throw up. If you like this video, then show me by leaving a like. Subscribe for more content. Follow me on all my social medias. Support me via the support links in the description of this video. This has been me talking about DC pushing back against crime, finally. Till next time.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.